0: Welcome everybody, we're here, we're queer, we're wonder queer, Uh, and uh, we welcome all y'all back for this episode, and as per usual, we're feeling good, feeling excited uh, to interview our next guest.
1: Hi everybody, good to be with you. It is my pleasure to introduce Liz Gunn. She is an intuitive astrologer in Asheville, North Carolina by trade and she lives and breathes by her own inner GPS. Welcome, Liz. Thanks for being with us.
2: Welcome. Thanks for having me. My lifelong dream, Marshall, to be on Wonder Queer.
1: Thank you so much. Ours, too.
2: <laughs> How could it not be your lifelong dream? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this is, this is literally a story uh, of... Um, my inner GPS getting really activated. This happened in 2008. In May of 2008, I was 46 years old. It was at a time in my life where um, I could talk about the astrology, but I won't. But there was lots of, lots of change, and I needed to put myself in the unknown. So I made a decision with some research to take a trip. So like I said, I was in Savannah, and I found a... Um, a lesbian-owned guiding wilderness guiding company outside of in, in Minnesota and signed up for, I don't know, like a four- or five-day camping trip in Porcupine, Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park, which I knew nothing about, which is exactly what I wanted, and so made plans to go on this camping trip and kind of get out of my comfort zone and make some decisions about my life. And when I was preparing for the trip sitting at my kitchen table. And back then, I don't know if there were GPSs, but there was MapQuest on the internet. And so I had printed MapQuest directions from flying into the St. Paul, Minneapolis airport and my hotel, and then trying to figure out how to get to the state park on the upper peninsula of Lake Superior in Michigan. And I called the trip guide because I was confused and told her about, you know, what my direction said. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. Here are the right directions. Don't You know, Jeep? Um, the map quest is going to possibly take you on a route that's not actually accurate. So when we hung up, I had the written directions. And I thought to myself, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, like, I'm going to try something. I'm going to not use a map and I'm not going to use MapQuest and I'm only going to find my way by asking another human being or figuring it out on my own. And in that moment in my safe little sanctuary in Savannah, Georgia, in my kitchen, that felt like a great idea. So um, so I you know, prepared for the trip, flew into Minneapolis and landed. Everything was fine. Spent the night in a hotel. Got up the next morning and drove through um, part of Minnesota, part of Wisconsin, and then into Michigan up to the Upper Peninsula. So I really felt like a stranger in a strange land. Like I was definitely out of my comfort zone. I had a flip phone. I remember texting my kids in school, like, oh my God, I'm driving through Wisconsin. You know, I feeling really out of my element. And everything was kind of smooth. And, and I landed, we were supposed to arrive at the campground by 2 p.m. that day. So I pulled into the campground at 10 till 2. I was right on time. Everybody else was late. Everybody else got lost. And so that was kind of the beginning of that. And the camping trip itself, I would say, was pretty uneventful. I had some you know, personal revelations, but... This isn't about those revelations and so then when the camping trip was over after I think four, four nights of sleeping in a tent, not taking a shower, hiking every day, hanging out, um, it was time to pack up and leave. And so I asked one of my camping mates how to get to Duluth and decided I would spend the night in Duluth before I caught my flight out the next morning. So I will say I looked this up before we got on this call just to look at the chart for that time period. Mercury went retrograde the day the camping trip was over. So I, was, so I thought, oh, all right, that's when the problem started or the adventure started. We won't call it a problem. Uh, and so I found my way into Duluth per the directions and then started driving around Duluth with no map, no nothing but my pendulum, going right, left, right, left, which way, and couldn't find a hotel. I was looking for a hotel and just wasn't coming up on anything that felt right until finally um, I pulled into a parking lot and I looked up and saw the big number, these big numbers on the side of a building, which were 2211. Well, Eleven twenty-two is a master number, and eleven twenty-two is my number for everything. And so when I saw twenty-two eleven, I took my pendulum. I thought, well, this is a little ass backwards, but I'm going to take it. I we're staying here. Let's go in. And so I walked into the lobby of this little kind of budget hotel, and um, and there were and and it was an all-in-one lobby. It felt a little bit like a Holiday Inn Express, except not. So there was the little breakfast area, the counter with the person who was checking people in, so not really like a front desk. And then the person at the counter behind him was this wall filled with liquor bottles. And so, so the couple ahead of me turned around and looked at me, and, and the guy said, where are you from? Because uh, I think I looked pretty rough, and uh, and I so I said I'm from Savannah, Georgia, and he immediately said, Savannah, Georgia, I love me some Paula Dean. Do you know Paula Dean? I love Paula Dean's fried chicken, and he started talking about Paula Deen and fried chicken, and um, and then so that was sort of that moment, but then uh, also. Checking into this place, there was a manager's special, which was two shots on check-in. Like, you get two shots of whatever liquor of your choice was. (laughs) So that was just, it it was kind of surreal coming out of the woods. And so um, that couple was so friendly, I donated two shots of tequila for the cause to them and let them walk away with plastic cups with my two shots of tequila. And I checked into this little hotel And also before I left the camping trip, the food on the camping trip was like so-so. Well, I'm a Taurus, and so I was ready for a really good dinner, like some wine, a good dinner. And so one of the camping people had recommended this amazing little restaurant in a house on Lake Superior. And so I asked the guy, the person checking me in about this restaurant, and he said, oh, yeah, just go out. Our driveway turned left and it's 10 minutes. So that felt like, oh my God, I landed in the right spot. And that was great. I went and ate at, and had this amazing dinner on Lake Superior, had taken a shower, drank some wine, felt really, really good and like, all right, all is well. And went back and had a great night's sleep and then got up the next morning to drive back into Minneapolis and go and get on a plane and go home. And, and I had told myself... You know, I have to be at the airport by 1030. So I drive in and um, and somehow get confused at like, where is the how do I actually find the highway to the airport? And I ended up in downtown St. Paul on a Sunday. I think it was a Sunday morning and um, everything was closed and quiet. And all of a sudden I realized that I had kind of pushed the edge as well with, uh, letting you know, I, I wanted to return the rental car on E. Well, I was on E already down in downtown St. Paul, so now I'm starting to get nervous because now I'm lost and now and and looking at my watch and it's ticking and so I turn around and I start to feel really anxious and start to talk to myself about you know, all right, worst case scenario, I spend the night here, I get a flight home tomorrow, we'll make an adventure out of this, but I was still feeling anxious, and so I found a gas station and got out to pump gas, and um, there was a loudspeaker with music playing, and the song was Georgia on my mind, so in that moment, I was like, okay, good, I'm getting closer, Georgia on my mind, that means I must be in the right place, this is my, you know, Uh, oracle of life playing through the gas station loudspeaker. So I breathe a sigh of relief and think, all right. And then um, I don't. And so in that moment, I remember leaving the gas station, but then realizing I still don't know how to get to the highway. And and so in that moment, I, I thought, fuck it, where's a map? And I open up the glove box. I'm thinking, surely there's a map in a rental car but there wasn't. So I look at the rental car information and it says, if you need help, call this number. So I called that number. I thought, I need help. I'm calling this number. And a woman answered. And I told her my situation and she started laughing and we had this great conversation and she gave me directions to the airport. So I was doing the thing that I set out to do, but I was still anxious. And um, so she gave me directions to the airport and I told her where I was and to the best of my ability. So she told me how to get on the interstate and I left the parking lot I was in and then went to, um, went to the interstate entrance. I, I thought, Oh, cool. I'm right there. The interstate's right here. And she told me what exit to get off in the name of the road. And I got to the interstate entrance, and it was blocked with a big detour sign. I couldn't get on the interstate. And it was blocked because, so this was 2008, the Minneapolis bridge collapse that had, there was a bridge over the Mississippi River on I-35 in Minneapolis that had collapsed in, in late 2007, and it was still under repair. It was a huge deal. So I couldn't get on the interstate, and in that moment, it was another, you know, what the hell? And the clock is ticking, and then I look up, and I see the name of the road right in front of me that I'm sitting at, that is sort of, I have to cross to get on the interstate, and it's the name of the road that the woman on the phone had told me to exit off of about 15 miles down the interstate. So I got on that road. I just said, okay, all right, I'm turning here. And I started driving. And I drove and I drove and I drove on this little two two-lane business highway, feeling like, all right, I think, I think we're moving along here. And then I start seeing signs for the airport, and I'm feeling super relieved. And then I and then and the road kind of then turns into what feels like a little freeway-ish but long exit ramps. So it's like you're going 50 miles an hour now on a freeway feeling ramp into the, uh, to the airport. And all of a sudden I look up and it's a fork and it's St. Paul side of the airport and a list of airlines that fly out of the St. Paul side of the airport. And then, a, and then to the right fork is the Minneapolis sign with a list of airlines that fly out of the Minneapolis airport. And I was like, holy shit, I don't remember what airline I'm flying. (laughs) And so I just, and I couldn't stop to like look at my ticket and I have a flip phone, so it's not on my phone. And in that moment, I just said, all right, what is it? And I hit to the right and I turn to the right side and pull in and I see, whoever I, I'll say Hertz, I don't remember, whoever I rented my car from, I saw Hertz, you know, rental return. So I thought, well, I must be in the right place. So I pulled in and got my ticket out, and sure enough, I was in the right terminal. And I looked at my watch, and it was 10.30. And I went into the airport, and I called my partner at the time, and was told her, I was like, oh my God, I feel like, a hound dog that just sniffed my way to the airport and that's my story and I'm sticking to it and Liz thank you so much
0: um yeah I love the guiding by forces unseen of this story uh it's really magical and I I wanted to ask you um why uh you needed a challenge at this time if you could tell us a little bit about that you know sort of your
2: impetus to kind of mess it all about? Sure, yeah. I was I, I was just in a place of stasis in my life where something needed to shift. I had owned a metaphysical store uh, for many years that I had closed as just part of what was happening with the economy then. I had Tried on grad school um, for a a spiritual direction kind of graduate degree that I then decided, nope, that's not it. And so I was in this kind of liminal place of what's next. And something was shifting in my partnership at the time. And I just, I needed, my moon in Sagittarius needed an adventure into the deep unknown. And this was the best way that I could think of it. And I needed to do it by myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I love that you, you follow that inner guidance so clearly. Yeah.
1: I was taken by the name of the park, Porcupine Wilderness State Park, and I wondered, is there anything to the name or the park itself to you? It just was the random place that this camping trip
2: happened to take place. You know, I wasn't like I was going to the Grand Canyon or Arches or... Uh, some really well-known place. It was like a state park on Lake Superior. And I said, okay, I'll go there. So no, it didn't have any meaning. It was pretty low-key. And the other participants, where were they from? The other participants, yeah, everyone was from that area. I don't think anyone drove more than an hour or two to get there. So they definitely (laughs) uh, were curious about the person who landed with a rental car and all the camping gear that had been packed on a plane and flown across the country—it was definitely—I was a curiosity of, from the deep south it, it, in Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park. <laughs> yes. And you
0: talked a little bit about drive, that drive, you know, going through the states from the, you know, the I think it was the three states uh, into Michigan um, from where you landed, and I'm just sort of uh, wondering uh, what stuck out for
2: you and a little bit more about what that felt like i think that i've always just had this lifelong fascination with how people live and community and and the and 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 i was just so struck by how energetically different it felt from where i was from so it felt i felt like a stranger in a strange land it was foreign and i love that feeling i love driving through small towns and seeing people's houses and seeing kids outside or families or people or just who are the people who live here? I, I, and I, uh, there's something about that that I've loved my entire life and and the feel of it being different than anywhere I've ever been. So that was something that really struck me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was probably feeding your need to Shaking it up, shaking it up.
2: Like, oh my God, I have no idea where I am. This is so cool. I don't recognize anything.
0: Yeah, your your Sagittarian was,
2: ah, finally. And the Taurus part is always, where's the food? Where's the good food? (laughs) So, yes.
1: I love that feeling too, being in different communities. I don't always feel safe to, to stop and get gas, but I love to drive through and see the buildings and see like, it just does, it feels like, where am I? Even if I know where I am, I would love to know the significance of 1122 for you because you referenced the budget hotel and the address was 2211. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so 1122, 11 is a master number. Um, and twenty. I was born on April 22nd, 22 is a master number. And the combination of eleven twenty-two just has deep, deep spiritual significance to me in connection to Christ consciousness and a master number, and twenty-two being sort of like a uh, my actually my email address used to be Kairos twenty-two, but it, it so it's the meeting place of heaven and earth, the divine and the human, and so that is just something that. Um, that is really resonant and special for me just because of my connection to Source in that way. So when I pulled in and I saw 2211, I thought, well, this is close enough. And and, um, even though it was backwards, I did have sort of this feeling of... Okay, this isn't exactly it, but what is it? And I laughed later thinking, well, I guess it must have been the two shots on check-in. is the backwards part. So, <laughs> that's that was oh, my yeah. interpretation. <laughs> yeah.
0: And a master number meaning, what does a master number mean?
2: Um, you know, I'm not really a numerologist, but master yeah. numbers are like 11, 22, 33, 44, uh-huh. 55. So, they're these double and, you know, or three, you know, two 222, 1111, they just have a numerological significance that might connect to archangels saying a message, or. Um, uh, but I've I've used specifically twenty two or two 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 sometimes as a signpost, to say uh, you're in alignment, you're going the right way. Mm, beautiful. And then you're when you were standing in line at the hotel,
0: this whole thing about Paula Dean's chicken came up, and you know this is a very. At that time, of course, we didn't know a lot about Paula Dean, but um, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about that reference.
2: Yeah, I think that it must have been, so it was 2008, so I'm I'm guessing that it was probably at the height of when she was really becoming well-known. Everybody knew who she was, but, of course, we didn't know everything about her at that time, you know, sort of some of her other... um, narratives about race and stuff were not exposed yet so it was just I think hearing Savannah Georgia and then associating Paula Dean with that was that association and and seeing this very strange looking lesbian who just emerged from the woods standing in front of them it, I was again a curiosity and I think it was just trying to trying to locate me in time and space through Paula Dean
1: even though I don't have any
2: association with her.
1: I think that's kind of nice when that happens, even if it's not somebody that you care about. I mean, that's certainly much more friendly to be associated, even if it's not your thing. That that will happen to me sometimes, and I'm like, well, you know, whatever this person associates with me, it doesn't have to be my thing. This person's not being hostile. You know, they're mm-hmm. being kind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a looking for a looking for a link, and and finding a link there, which is yeah, yeah, and and of course, as you say, at that time nobody really knew the full story about that person and her empire, right? So you made a chicken connection.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then and then the song comes along uh, later um, at the uh, Georgia on My Mind, and i was just wondering with what your connection. Uh, and what that
2: felt like—that that moment to that song—I think because I was trying to get back to Georgia, and Georgia was on my mind. Like I gotta get to Georgia, I gotta get back home. Uh, and it came, and it came on. And I've always loved that song, uh, just historically. I don't even remember who was singing it. in that moment, I know Annie Lennox does a great version. Uh, but um, but yeah, I think it just felt like. Okay, I'm trying to get to Georgia. Georgia on my mind. It's playing. I'm. It's another oracle moment of I must be getting warmer. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and it and it and uh, it seems to me without these without direction, this is what you look to. Right.
2: Yeah. That it told me I was on the right track. Mm-hmm. That I was okay. I'm getting there. I'm not there, but I'm getting there.
1: And then this this one of the last moments in your story where you've figured out you're on the right highway, you don't have to take the the interstate that's blocked, and you're headed that way, and then you come to this fork, which to me, this is the most, this is such a terrifying moment. <laughs> Sometimes I'll take, even when I'm following GPS, I get nervous and turn before I'm supposed to turn because I'm just so set on getting there. And so you have this moment where, you know, you've calmed down, your anxiety's gone, but then you come to this fork, which is a sudden impact. I mean, you can't, you don't have time to use your pendulum, I'm guessing. No. To know which way to go. So what was that like? You know,
2: of course we have to remember like what kind of stakes we're talking about. I might miss a flight, not the end of the world, but in the moment it felt high stakes. Like I'm so close, here I am. So it was definitely a moment of panic and a literal, like, what do I do? Which road do I take? And I just had to make a, a snap decision, a gut, just not even question my gut in turn.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the not questioning our gut feeling is, can be really powerful. You know, if it turns out right or if it turns out wrong, it can just be mm. very powerful moments. It's like, there's no time that. to doubt you know, our intuition.
1: Yeah. So Liz, let me ask you this. Do you use a GPS now? Um, only if I have to.
2: And certainly with COVID, I haven't in a while, but I would say minimally. And yes, I will use it. I mean, there was even another time in 2015 with a partner that at the time we went to Sedona, and they upgraded our rental car with a GPS. And I was disappointed. I was like, I don't want that. But then we were driving to the Grand Canyon and all I was saying was, oh my God, I'm so glad we have this GPS. This is amazing. Who knew? <laughs> but then I came home and uh, I still very, very rarely use it. I, I just, I don't know. I'm just wired to turn right, turn left as it comes across me. Mm-hmm. This, there's been this vanishing
0: of the potential of what it is to be lost and... Um you know and to hone this place in ourselves that can can tap into that intuition.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really agree with that. I I I mean cuz I'm human, I do get anxious, you know, where it's like where am I? What am I? But I mean a lot of times even especially during covid, I'll just get in my car and drive and see where I end up. I've always loved doing that. I mean even in high school, I used to go into the, we used to play a game where we'd go into the woods and um, smoke a joint, and then everybody part ways, and you had to figure out how to get out of the woods. And this was my idea, like, <laughs> until my sister got lost and didn't come home for dinner, and I had to go find her. That was very scary. But yeah, I I do think that uh, there, there is something about the metaphor of trusting our instinct in life. And that inner GPS of like aligning to an awareness that you actually can't get lost. It's just where, where am I being guided? Where am I being led and what experience am I going to have in that, in that, in that time? That's Mm -hmm. just, I just love that.
0: Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. And that, and that, and that's this part that, you know, the more we, don't use that part in ourselves then the more I think it disappears and I think it creates a lot of anxiety um, around that and, and that the fact that getting lost is somehow problematic and, and feared and you know something to be avoided at all costs and we know historically and through many of our lineages that getting lost has created some beautiful Things in the world.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, and I think you know, in translating it to energy, PS, it's that it's. I trust my instinct to make choices about where I'm going in life that aren't actually about driving anywhere. You know, so I think it's the inner and the outer kind of thing. Is that it's trusting my instinct to know what's right in any given moment about how I need to live according to my sole choice not a cultural not a familial not a collective but a choice that is aligned with my integrity and i know how to make that and i don't need some some, something telling me where to go
0: Mm -hmm. yes because it is the ultimate metaphor if we are all stuck to our gps's that not only is it telling us the directions but maybe you know that it's uh we have less and less maybe it spreads through us and we have less and less ability to to be directional without external forces on on many levels.
1: Okay, well, Elia, I know you're trying to talk to me and I wanna say I don't appreciate that. And secondly- (laughs) You, okay. It's about me, clearly.
0: Obviously, everything actually is.
1: But, oh, I know, my GPS, so I've changed the voice on it because the American lady, makes me feel like she's telling me what to do and i don't like it and i'll get that pisses me off on the road so i've changed it to the australian person's voice which is much you know i'll do whatever she says basically Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so i just thought i created some dissonance you know
1: you know yeah mixing mixing it up in a in a small way sounds like you all have recently traveled together Liz, thank you so much for being with us. This has been so much fun to travel. And uh, we're really grateful that you shared. This is like a ton of Wonder Queer stories in one. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so for thank having you. me. I
2: re- This was fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really fun.
1: And if you like our podcast, please feel free to like and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And tell your friends. We're always looking for more stories to share. And until next time, keep swimming in the wonder.
0: Keep cheering the queer. Bye.
1: Bye.